Welcome to the Truth Labyrinth Podcast. I am J.R. Everhart from Restoration Ministries. I will be your host here today. I have a very special podcast for you guys here today. You don't want to miss a second of today's podcast. Uh, I'm going to reflect on a, a question that someone had asked me uh, about the podcast. I am also going to dive into one of my journal entries that I've never shared online before that kind of gets... Um, gets into a deeper side of me that I've never, you know, unveiled publicly uh, and lets you into some of the things that uh, I struggle with and that I'm going through in my walk. So it all starts in 60 seconds. I want to talk to you guys for a second about my company, COP Audio. COP Audio is your one-stop source for mobile audio and lighting, as well as a host of other services. Uh, We can handle everything from large outdoor concerts to small club-type shows or even DJing your wedding or company picnic. Uh, We also work with local and regional government for public address events and summer community concert series-type stuff. We also do event planning and band booking, as well as audio install work at your local church or high school. You'll find tons of information online about us on both Instagram and Facebook. When you go to our Facebook page, make sure that you read our reviews from our clients. You can also find us uh, by just calling me or texting us, uh, 304-676-8811, 304-676-8811. You can also email me at um, jr.coplaudio at gmail.com. That's audio at gmail.com. CLP Audio has a long success record with dozens of bands, churches, and event venues all around the Mid-Atlantic. Again, find us on Instagram and Facebook by searching CLP Audio or call 304-676-8811. That's 304-676-8811. Someone recently asked me if I was concerned about how people will view me Uh, from the personal things that I share here on this podcast. Um, I get asked that a lot. I always respond the same way. And um, a lot of times I'm kind of just standing there in an awkward moment and they really don't get what I'm saying and what I'm sharing. I guess because we live in a world where everyone is, you know, super secretive about their true feelings and everyone's trying to live up to this fantasy facade that they put up on social media, you know, so desperately that. God forbid they actually, you know, live a life of transparency and let people into their sick and demented little world. Um, I, on the other hand, uh, do not struggle with that so much, you know, Uh, maybe to a fault sometimes, you know, but uh, I responded like this. Uh, I had no shame when I was partying my brains out, posting pictures all over Facebook of being drunk and running around with a different woman every night. How could I hide the work Jesus has done in my life now? Uh, I can remember back when I first started just posting journal entry stuff eight years ago on Facebook, my friends list got thin quick. I I had no idea it was going to make so many people uncomfortable. Now looking back, I understand that a lot of that is because I was kind of hitting nerves that people aren't really wanting to deal with in their own life, and that makes them feel uncomfortable. And 
when people are uncomfortable, they usually just bail out on the situation. And I'm okay with that. I'm not mad at them or anything like that. Um, but the only way I can overcome this world that works so hard against me uh, is through the forgiving blood of Jesus and the word of my testimony. Uh, I'm not an educated man with theological degrees to stand on uh, in and of myself. I am nothing but a mess of paradoxes and contradictions. Uh, I am a broken man, you know, broken in a thousand different ways from a thousand different people and situations. Um, but if Jesus could take a handful of uneducated fishermen and turn the ancient world upside down, teaching his love for us, then he can take my brokenness and testimony and speak to others that feel unworthy and unloved. Jesus himself spoke about this, um, you know, with his ministry being directed toward the hurting and the sick, uh, not those that see themselves as spiritually fit. So with that being said, how could I sit here acting high and mighty like I'm some great teacher full of this world's wisdom um, when I'm really not? That's not who I am at all. Uh, and I apologize if I've given you that impression, you know, by doing these podcasts, but that's really not where my heart's at. Um, if I draw attention to myself with the gifts God has given me, then I've kind of failed in my mind. It's not about me. It's about Jesus. And I'm just trying to shine light uh, on what his grace and mercy looks like to a broken man with a long track record of failures and mistakes in his past. If I don't stand up and proclaim his goodness in this life, how could the lost sheep of this world hear the shepherd's voice cry in the darkness for them? Or even find hope to be forgiven and restored through the redeeming blood of Jesus? So no, I'm not the least bit worried about how people view me. Um, most that you know kind of pity me or see me in a negative light are not really the people God are trying to reach with the message he is pouring through me anyways. Uh, it's the people that the church has hurt uh, that I'm trying to reach. It's for the people who feel unlovable or unloved or unworthy. It's for the freaks and the homeless people and the dirty ones that the world has dismissed and given up on. That's the audience that will understand this message best. Uh, you don't have to be any of those things to be blessed by this. God works in mysterious ways. But in my mind, that's kind of the, the demographic of people or the, you know, the, the societal group of people that I feel this going out to. I know there's a lot of very, you know, normal functioning people who have a lot of hidden hurt and pain that could also gleam, you know, beneficial things from this. But I leave all that in God's hands. Guys, you really don't understand how how hard it is sometimes to get on here and, and talk about things that I myself am uncomfortable about. And uh, I can I can tell you this, and I don't say this you know, to, again, draw any attention to me, but this podcast today has come through several days of tears and getting on my face before God, um, and I'm just going to be really transparent today. So, I mean, I don't, I don't really struggle with people who don't get that. Uh, the, the people who feel like that, you know, God loves them, but 
struggle to connect with God because they think that they've gone way too far, you know, out of the ballpark for God to be able to reach them or to ever love them again. You know, those are the kind of people that I feel drawn to the most. You know, I'm the kind of guy that will sit in a bar after a gig that I've done, you know, sound for or whatever and and talk to somebody who's hurting. You know, I I find myself in that situation many, many times. And I think it's just God, you know, pouring into me and using the gifts that he's given me to, you know, spread his message of hope. And I, I feel very, very privileged to even be able to operate in that a little bit, you know. The next few paragraphs I'm about to read to you is from my personal journal. It's raw and what my life sometimes looks like. It's a bit dark, but in Psalms 23, it tells us that we will walk through the valley of the shadow of death from time to time. Uh, I don't share this for shock value or for you to feel sorry for me. Um, because I fear no evil, God is with me. Um, my reasons for sharing this sort of thing is so people who can identify with this dark valley of depression can know that they are not alone. They're not alone in their suffering and that there is hope for those of us that struggle with this life on this level. Understand that this is not how I feel every day. But on this particular day, this is what my daily cross felt like. Every day I have to nail something different to that cross and follow Jesus. Jesus himself said, if you want to, you know, follow me, take up your daily cross and follow me. This journal entry is a great example of what my cross looks like some days. Uh, I don't always make it to my personal Mount Calvary where my sin and fear is crucified on the cross, where my flesh is crucified on the cross. You know, the evil that lives in me is crucified on the cross. Some days I just look at my cross in the morning, turn, and walk the other way. Some days, like Jesus, I'm too beat down and need help dragging it to my place of sinful crucifixion. If you remember, even Jesus had to have someone help him carry his cross to Calvary. That really ministers to me. I think that was intentional on our Savior's part. And I think it communicates to us that that's when we need to reach out to people around us for help. Because that's when I pick up what we call in recovery circles, the thousand pound phone, because it's so hard to reach out sometimes. And I reach out to, you know, a Christian brother for help. Uh, Sometimes I do nothing and step into the battlefield in my mind and war it out with the enemy and wrestle with it with God. The following journal entry was one of those times. Thursday, February 18th, 2021. All I feel is pain. My body hurts from age, and my heart hurts from all the broken relationships that lay on the battlefield behind me. I've crapped on so many of God's blessings throughout my life, I could never begin to count them all. Over and over again, I've prayed, He's answered, and I've sabotaged it with my pride. I'm a broken man with a wretched, broken road behind him like one step behind me. 
Having complete knowledge of the depths of pain I've caused others is the hardest part to deal with. People who tried to love me and navigate through the labyrinth of my brokenness only to realize I deserve everything I get and walk away. I don't blame them. If it were me, I would have checked out way before they did. Uh, Jesus is the only one that never gives up on me. He still answers my prayers, even with a track record of destroying those he sent into my life to show me love. That it is huge to me. This is kind of a sidebar now. That is, that is huge to me because we see over and over and over in the Bible how God always pursues, you know, his people. You know, he sent Jesus to us. That's God pursuing us and, and trying to reconcile us to him through the blood of Christ. You know, so that, that's, you know, super huge to me that uh, he just never gives up on us no matter how much we fail. He still answers my prayers, even with that track record of destroying those he'd sent into my life to show me love. I'm a hypocrite and double-minded in most of my ways. I'm never happy with anything and pick everything apart, only focusing on the negative aspects of whatever is placed before me. I'm a paradox of contradictions. God's truth is the only truth found in me. I am nothing without him in my life. I have no direction and have no idea where to place my next step. I'm lost. I feel so alone in my suffering. All I feel is the valley of the shadow of death. I feel like I'm dying in sight of heaven's gates. Oh, what a wretched man I am. So many times, hope just feels like a vague, distant idea that is never around when I'm feeling defeated. But I take comfort in knowing that through the blood of Jesus, God only sees me as a broken child desperately reaching through the darkness of this world for my heavenly home. I'm so eager to be free of all my dysfunction and never have to experience disappointment or defeat again when I get to heaven. In Psalms, Psalms 58, 8, it says, You have collected all my tears in your bottle. This tells me that not only does God know every single tear I've cried, but he keeps track of what made me cry so he can first comfort me and then heal my brokenness with his tender love. I have to walk by faith that God is present in all my suffering and desires to comfort me. There is no other alternative that leads me out of this pit. It's a narrow path across the dark side of my brokenness that leads to freedom. Wide is the road to cycles of self-pity and defeat, only leading to deeper levels of depression and bitterness. I know hope exists, and I have to believe there is hope for my pain, even when I can't feel it. Faith is, is an action, not a feeling. And that's the end of my journal entry. Um, that's how I choose to wrestle with my struggles day to day. You'll see the same theme of being honest about my feelings and always injecting truth into um, it throughout my journaling. You know, it's, it's also how a lot of the Psalms are written. I always admired how David would not hold back when talking about his suffering or torment uh, that is weighing him down. 
Uh, he never forgot the goodness of God in the middle of the raging storm. That always ministered to me. Uh, God is not the author of our suffering, but he is the author of our healing and restoration. Jesus, in the New Testament, told his disciples uh, they would suffer in this world while walking out his gospel message. We are no different. Uh, it, it amazes me how so many Christians are so knocked out of place and you know, out of whack because they have to go through some form of suffering. Uh, I once sat in a, in a midweek church meeting with only 20 or 30 people and heard a woman talk about God's goodness after uh, her home had caught on fire and almost burnt down. It actually probably would have been a better blessing for them had it just burnt down completely. But they had been remodeling their home. They, were, they had very modest incomes in their home. Uh, and right after this, you know, after this meeting I was setting in, her husband ended up getting into a horrible uh, car accident and almost died. I mean, was literally in the hospital for months and months and months. And I can remember seeing her in church, and she still had a smile on her face, and she still was like totally together. And what she said in that message after their house had caught, caught on fire, like I said, they were remodeling the house. And, you know, the part of the house that they had been sinking the most money in is what caught on fire and burned up. And they're basically having to start all over with their renovation process uh, and, and do it all over again. But she stood in front of us victorious, not defeated. And that always ministered to me. That just like blew me out of the water. And she said this. She said, who am I to think that I'm exempt from the suffering of this world? Think about that statement for a second, guys. You know, all the disciples in the New Testament, except John, were martyred for their faith. And they tried to boil John to death, and they finally just shoot him off to a deserted island. And that's where he lived out his, the remainder of his life until he died of natural causes. But you know, all the disciples, all the, you know, all the apostles of the New Testament endured enormous amounts of, you know, physical, emotional, and psychological torment, you know, trying to lay the foundation for what we know as Christianity now. So she brings that up, and she's like, so who am I to, to act like I'm exempt from that suffering just because... You know, do I think that I'm such a holy Christian and I follow God's commands to the letter and that exempts me from any attacks of the enemy or anything like that? No, that's insanity. It's absolute insanity. So that really inspired me that she could be so positive about her horrible situation. And I mean, they were fighting with the insurance company tooth and nail, and there was all kinds of crazy stuff going on with that. And guys who, who have been through that can understand what I'm talking about there. It was not an, as easy as picking up the phone. Hey, by the way, our house burned down, and the insurance company's like, oh, wow, great, let us write you a check and get you back on track. No, it, it took months and months for them to even begin to start. Actually, to be honest with you, after her husband's car accident, I think it was at least a year before they ever drove another nail in the house to try and get back on track there. And she's like, why, why should I feel so special that I'm exempt from suffering in this world? That's very arrogant to think that. But yet here we live in a society where 
you know, if anyone's suffering in any way, shape, or form, you know, you gotta, you gotta be you. You gotta, you know, make make yourself and your personal happiness, you know, more important than your personal responsibility and accountability. And that's why society is in the shape that it's in now. So I remember those things when I get into these times of, you know, depression or when I get into these times of darkness is how I like to describe it, uh, where I just feel like I've been victimized to a certain degree by some things. I'm a victim of my own horrible choices in other ways. But regardless who is to blame, because boy, do we like to play the blame game, regardless of who is to blame, it doesn't change the fact that God is there ready to pull purpose out of your problems, and he's ready to restore you. And the enemy does a a wonderful job at getting our focus off that fact and changing and manipulating the situation around in our head to where we somehow make it God's fault. Well, God allowed it, brother. Well, he had to allow it because that's just the state of the world. You know, we're the ones that ate the forbidden fruit. You know, I heard one guy say once, he goes, well, I wasn't in the garden. I would have never done that. Well, you don't know if you would have or not. And I would put money on the fact that you would. Adam and Eve were not fighting a fallen nature. They did not, their sin was not part of the equation when they chose to commit the first sin. So if the the enemy was crafty enough to deceive them and trick them into doing that, how much easier would it have been for us who are dealing with a fallen nature to fall? Not to mention every single one of us, if you will be perfectly honest with yourself, have turned your back on God in one way or another. You've broken a commandment. You've lied. You've cheated. You've stolen. You've done things. Some of us have done big, crazy things. Some of us have committed adultery. Some of us have done, you know, the bad stuff. But God's grace is for all. When Paul approached God about taking his thorn of his flesh away from him so he could be a better apostle, God said no. That my grace is sufficient for all things. God allows sin to be in place so we all don't end up being some, this high horse, arrogant, religious, you know, crazy person that's never going to bring anyone into, you know, the kingdom. You know, Jesus didn't come to save the Pharisees and the Sadducees and, and the religious leaders of the day. He came to save the sick. You know, look at who his ministry was directed toward. He sat down and had, you know, broke bread, which was a big deal in the Jewish faith. You know, broke bread with with sinners and tax collectors. And Jesus chose some fishermen. Now, fishermen sounds all cool and biblical and everything when we talk about it in this context, in this, you know, uh, <laughs> in this medium. You know, when we're talking about it in the in the medium of the Bible and the in the medium of Christian podcasting. But they were. Basically, sailors, you know, sailors don't have the greatest reputation for being holy, you know. Those guys were not highly educated, you know, and they weren't guys that were, you know, setting society on fire with integrity and, and, you know, all that kind of stuff. They were fishermen. Some of the disciples were highly educated. Matthew was a tax collector. Obviously, he was educated. You know, the Apostle Paul was a highly educated man. 
God used both. He, he's not a respecter of persons. So Jesus also told us not to worry because he has overcome this world and we are overcomers through him. So whenever I'm wrestling through times like this, I always remember David and Jesus's words. You know, David uh, having structured the Psalms in this same rhythm and in the same theme of just being super honest about how he felt and not holding back about that torment that was weighing him down or the suffering he was going through. But he never forgot the goodness of God in the middle of the raging storm. That is what is so awesome about that. And then I remember the words of Jesus when he told his disciples, hey guys, you know, you're going to have problems in this world, but don't worry, I've overcome the world and you're an overcomer through me. So whenever I'm wrestling through times like this, when I'm dealing with that depression or when the weight of, you know, my bad decisions or just the weight of this world is really, you know, feeling like they're getting the best of me, I always remember those words from David and Jesus. They comfort me and they remind me that my suffering is only temporary and that this world is not my home. If you have found value in this podcast or if it has blessed you in any way, can I ask a couple things from you real quick? Please rate and review this podcast in whatever format you listen to it on, especially if you use Google or Apple Podcasting app. Also, could I ask you to please donate to this ministry? Uh, We need your financial support. We are not sponsored by any church or religious denomination, nor do we have any corporate sponsors. Uh, We are totally independent and dependent on our listeners to make this ministry resource possible. Please consider giving to this ministry. I'll be sure to post links and information on how to give in the description of this podcast. And finally, and most importantly, we need your prayers for guidance and protection from the people who look to silence voices like ours. Pray for God's favor in the eyes of our enemies and grace in our hearts toward them. Pray that God uses this podcast to speak into the lives of those struggling with addiction and ministers to the hearts of the hurting. We need your prayers covering this ministry so we can be effective ministers of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Thanks for listening to this podcast. My prayer is that it blessed you and brought you a fresh understanding of our lives in this world and our need for unity in Christ. A brush fire of revival in Jesus Christ is our only hope for satisfaction and true joy as we walk out the human experience that is our day-to-day lives. It's been my sincere honor to be your host today at the Truth Labyrinth Podcast. Be blessed and be a blessing to those around you. Till next time, I leave you with a scripture from Ephesians 6, 23 and 24. Peace be with you, dear brothers and sisters, and may God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ give you love with faithfulness. May God's grace be eternally upon all who love our Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, my God.